Yo, yo. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hanging at the House Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Watt, Vision House Studios. On today's episode of the Hanging at the House Podcast, we have a new friend of mine, a guy that has his hands in a bunch of different stuff, known in many different places around the world, including Full Sail University, Franco Galvan. Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate you, man. Wow, that was cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Yo, ever since we started going to the virtual events, Mm -hmm. and I heard you speak a couple times, I was like, this dude is super cool. Yeah, for sure. Same here, same here, mutually. Yeah, so let's get into it. So we just got done talking about a little bit of traveling. Mm -hmm. Let's start with, what was your major at Full Sail? I was film. I was film students all the way. Okay, and that's how you hopped out and started getting into the industry is doing short films, long films. Yeah, that was the goal. I mean, it's like, even before Full Sail, when I was 18 years old, I started interning at PBS KUHT, which is in Houston, which where, where I was born in Houston. And big shout out to Houston, you know. And shout I, out to Houston. Yeah, I love Houston. Houston's great, you know. And I grew up in Sharpstown, which is a multi-diverse ethnic community. And I went, then, you know, eventually I went to paralegal school, I dropped out of that, and then I ended up interning at PBS at 18. And you know, that after that, I, I was producing stories there, and I don't know how, but I got I, I somehow got into producing there, and they let me produce because I was there all the time, just working, 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 not getting paid anything. So I guess that's what they wanted to pay me, and in, in, um, and I guess like a portfolio. So I, you know, I produced, and then I, eventually I got paid a little bit. So I started in TV, and then I did an experimental film, and then I went to full stop. At 23, I went to Full Sail for film. Oh, so you had a lot of weight under your belt already. Like mm-hmm. your industry, you know, exper- real-world experience mm-hmm. is what they say at Full Sail, right? Mm-hmm. Real-world education. Absolutely. So you started with that. Yeah, before Full Sail. And, I didn't, and then that helped me because that was Full Sail's motto. So it just really, it was a great trajectory for me. That's what's up. And it, and it shows in how you speak. Like, mm-hmm. just, I noticed that you listen and you soak in a lot, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, how can I pivot to that to make it work? Absolutely. Well, how does this align up with what I'm doing already? Mm-hmm. 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 Texas guy. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think you, you nailed it right there with I listen, because I think listening is the most underrated thing. And if you give people the time that, you know, your energy to listen to them, they're going to be more open with you and more real with you because they know that you're paying that respect and they know that you're engaged. So they're going to be more informative in, in any direction in that, at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, that's the best way to learn something. Yeah. And then you can go back when you're really attentive towards anything, you can digest how you're going to apply it later on. Yeah, and that leads me to the next one. So you you kind of morph into different things, right? So mm-hmm. filmmaker slash A and R content well, talent finder. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, A and R. I think maybe maybe it's a little bit more focused on the music industry, which I have a lot of friends in, I, and I also have recorded music myself. And so A and R probably wouldn't apply to me quite yet, but who knows? You know. But the way I see what I do, filmmaker for one, yeah. And then talent finder, as far as being a producer, I'm looking for talent a lot. And and I've worked in, like I started in TV. I moved to film. 
I did film after film school. I went into filmmaking, like feature filmmaking in New York and in Florida as a first AD and then making my short films um, in that time too. And I also worked on a lot of documentaries and television at the time. So filmmaker was like the primary thing. And, uh, and, as, and ever since I, you know, was a kid, I wanted to be a filmmaker ever since like Goodfellas and like those type of films really influenced me early on. But that morphed into like the world we, we live in now, which is multimedia. And I've done work in theater, like Broadway shows. I've done work, I've done work in major events like conventions. I've done, um, now I'm getting into NFTs. So filmmaking, I think, was a great start to kind of allow me to branch off into those different categories and just have an expertise in production in general, which helps in any of those categories, you know? Yeah, and, and, and you're proficient in quite a few different disciplines that go along with that, which allows you to pivot nicely. Uh, you know what, man? I, you know, now that you say proficiency, yeah, I would say I would say I am proficient, but I hardly even think about that. But yeah, I would say that I am proficient in different uh, in different skills. But that took a lot of time and like a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears, and like maybe I'm there now, but not, I don't even realize it. But yeah, oh, definitely, man. You know the the ten thousand hour mark. If you had to guess, what year did you pass that? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I started at 18. I'm 41 now, so shit, maybe around mid-20s or late-20s. Yeah, the grind continues, man. Mm -hmm. You're losing sleep and making it happen. You never stop grinding. Just like Ice-T says, man, like he's 62 now, I think. And you never stop grinding. You, you, I mean, you're only as good as your last day, you know, and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to have some new issues. You're going to have new dilemmas to solve. And the thing is, like, to have uh, a solution-type personality rather than, like, Let's just keep talking about the problem, you know? Yeah. And that allows you to get into anything, really, because you're, you're a problem solver. Yeah, and that, that makes you valuable in any given situation mm -hmm. when it comes yep. to troubleshooting and moving past something. Yeah. So the goal can still be achieved in a relatively good way or time, however you want to put that. Exactly, because time is money, yeah. Man, especially in the entertainment industry. Exactly. And then, you know, you talk about art and then you talk about the industry or you use the synonymous, like, you know, the business and then, and then automatically time is money. And in that, in that light of time being money, what is it that you find? Well, this would be a question, a quick question. What do you find that's most valuable in the talent that you look for? That's a great question, too. Um, what's most valuable, just to sum it up, I guess, in a couple of sentences, is... A, a, a human being that is open to learn, a human being that is creative, and a human being that even if they wake up in the morning and feel like shit, then they will figure out a way to rise above and not throw that problem on everyone else and, and make everyone else, even though they feel horrible like that day, whatever it is, whatever is going on with that. Um, they really fight to whatever they're going to throw and project on other people is going to be somewhat of a hopeful energy. I think that's what I look for. That's what's up. Yeah. That perseverance mm -hmm. through the day and let, mm -hmm. you, let your passion guide your actions when it comes to working with or networking or Absolutely. just getting along with people in general. Absolutely. I mean, a, a big part of what we do is getting along with people. Oh, nobody so wants big. to work with anybody they can't get along with. So big, dude. I, I just hired a production assistant, and his name is Jace. And I found him working at a crosswalk 
He's my neighborhood crosswalk. So he crosswalks kids across the street. He's 20 years old. And he's also a tattoo apprentice in, in Hollywood. And he just does a lot of things, you know, and, and we started talking and, you know, he's really cool. So I'm like, man, this guy, he reminds me of me when I was 20. You know, he just wants to learn. He wants to get in and he wants to do something with his life that's fun, creative, engaging, and not just the same old boring stuff. So I'm like, man, Jason's is cool. And I hired him. He sent me a resume. I told him, send me a resume in a day or two, whatever. He sent me one really quick and it was nice. It was just, hey, I didn't even look at it really. I just looked at it like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it looks good. But it was his personality and his effort to, his effort, you know, that really helped me um, uh, hire him, basically. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing too, is just making it through those days, like you said, because you don't want to do it every day. Yeah, man. And some days, you know, the passion for it, you never know where you're going to have that breakthrough. Exactly. So segue into breakthroughs. When do you feel like you had your first huge, your first milestone of success Mm -hmm. in in the realm of making your film? What was your your first aha moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think, um, yeah, wow. Am I taking you back a few years? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I am extremely old, so I'm thinking back. <laughs> I'm, thinking uh, back I'm 45. To- <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how it is. Like, I'm thinking back to that time. But I think that when I really knew, like, you know, things were working and stuff like that was, yeah, when I was in full cell and I was doing good, I was doing really good there. I felt really comfortable there. I was top of the class. You know, just really hustling and never stopped working and extra projects, projects that we were assigned, extra projects, everything. I still had a few months left, but I had a friend there. His name was Zip. And Zip hooked me up with a, a job while I was still in school. He was like, yo, uh, do you want to, you know, I can get you on as a first AD for the film that I'm, um, I think he was like producing. I thought, oh, no, he was prop master on a film. But he just knew a lot of people and he got me on as a first assistant director and I got paid. To, to shoot a film for three weeks out in Florida. And, you know, I knew at that point, well, I was like, you know, this is really cool because this is my first gig in filmmaking before I even graduated from film school. And, uh, you know, I had worked in TV prior to that, but this is actual movie and, you know, this is cool. So I, I think at that point, like, I knew it's just tangible at that point. Yeah, yeah. Once you've seen your check, uh-huh. after doing that <laughs> for that period of time. Right. It's like, right. all right, if yeah. I can make this amount of money, we can do it. And then I think something unique for us to discuss really quick for the younger people, right? Like we've been doing this for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Easy. Mm -hmm. What keeps you going? Oh man, that's a great question. Man, that's a great, great question. I love it. I just want to inspire people with that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, I, you know, I try to talk along those lines a lot. Like uh, I don't try to be inspirational, but I try to just tell them what gets me going really. And what gets me going, man, like in a really basic form, like on a day-to-day, let's say I, I wake up and I feel like hell, but I know that, um, you know, and I know that I'm a filmmaker at the, at, at the bottom of my heart, and I know that I'll come up with something creative. So what I do right away when I feel like that is, like, I just start listening to music. I don't pay attention to emails or whatever. I, I just take care of myself first. And when I take care of myself first, meaning, like, my mentality, I want to focus it the right way. It's almost like you would focus a light. You know, you, you sharpen a light by either flooding it or focusing it. So when you focus it, the light instrument becomes more focused on a particular direction. 
And that's kind of what I do with my mind every morning. And it's like I, I get up, I do a, a radio show on Station Head, and I, and I have a lot of music that I play, I talk. That kind of taking care of yourself first before the business starts at 9 a.m. or whatever. Take, making sure you feel good, making sure you've seen enough creative art online, making sure that you've listened to the right music and you've fed your mind those, um, those really uh, amazing pieces of art, whether it's music, imagery, whatever it is, because like, you're a creative artist, so you want to feed your mind different elements of art when you wake up because you don't want to just like start the day. You know, you don't want to just start the car up. You got to warm it up, you know? So that, I think that's a <laughs> good answer, you know? Yeah, my last guest, he said he starts his morning with morning pages. Mm-hmm. He writes for mm-hmm. three pages before right. he even touches social media, before he gets, before Absolutely. he leaves the house. Absolutely. Like, you know, a morning routine to refresh and reset mm-hmm. and wake up with a clear head and mm-hmm. a creative head oh, yeah. after a night of sleep. I thought that was really dope. So that compliments what he said, oh, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, whoever that guy is, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, Riley Owens. Yeah. Shout out to Riley. Yeah. He works at uh, Output. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. He's taking care of his instrument, his instrument, his artistic instrument, whatever that is, whether it's his writing, whether it's his photography, whatever it is. He's taking care of that. He's polishing his instrument. And then, like, when he knows he's in the zone, when he knows he's ready, he's going to start, you know, he's just going to start playing. Man, shout out to Ellis Martinez, protector, creative gene. Because yeah. real life sometimes the business aspect of what we do can bog you down from the creative aspect. It has to be done, you know, in order for you to maintain success and longevity. But you should also, you know, ha- keep your creative mind in your back pocket. Yeah, well, that's your time. money maker. That's your money maker. That's who you are. You know, that's what makes you unique. Yeah, because you could be, you could be, you know, just like everybody else. If you don't have that signature, so you got to protect that signature. And like your signature is like your fingerprint. Nobody has that. So you protect that. You 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 take care of it like it's a like it's a, uh, a plant. You know, it's like you keep watering it, you feed it, you take care of it, you nourish that signature, and that will make you proud in twenty years. Because you kept that alive, you know, you kept that intact. So for anybody that's just getting out of school or just trying to make your way through the industry <laughs> in general, I think this this is one of those conversations I'm glad I'm having with Franco. Man, I'm happy I'm having it with you too. To share with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's passion. It's mm-hmm. something. Longevity. I call it chasing unicorns. Because mm-hmm. you catch them. Sometimes you, you don't catch them all the time, but when you do, it is the most gratifying feeling Oh yeah. Ever. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chris, like it reminds me of something too. And like, you know, but you made a good point. We've been in this game a long time, right? And um the thing is like you you keep going because you're inspired. I keep going because I'm inspired. So there's something to that. There's something to what we're talking about as far as like this might not work for everybody in the world, but this is a formula that works for us. And there's similarities between our formula and you know, mine and yours. So it's like yeah, you got to think along those lines. You got to think in that arena if you want to keep going for this long. Yeah, yeah, because it's not going to be handed to you. Exactly. Nothing and is. if it is, kudos to you if it is. I you will never talk down but on somebody that gets a shortcut. Here's the thing, man. If it is, if it is, like, what is that? But, you know, I, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't talk down on anybody that, you know, yo, your dad gives you a million dollars, go make him up, do it, whatever. That's great. That's beautiful. But what I'm saying is, like, how much do you appreciate that, though? 
after you finish it, you know. So when you earn it, you appreciate it for sure. Um, either with, like, let's say you are rich, you know, and you do have a bunch of money and you make a movie, you know, but like, you still got to appreciate the art that you create. So it's like the struggle makes you appreciate it. So that has to come from somewhere else or that has to come from some other, you know, complicated issue that you're trying to solve with yourself. So it's like, it's always a struggle, whatever it is. But like, yeah, we're, you know, not all of us are rich and not all of us started off like that, but it's like whatever dilemma, whatever cards you're, you know, you're handed, you got to learn how to play those cards and you got to make it the best out of them. Even if they're like horrible cards. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would, I would add to that too and say, you know what, you have to appreciate the art, but you also have to respect the craft. Uh-huh. Yeah. I saw a thing on LinkedIn where somebody thought, you know, the client <laughs> wants a movie and it had two arrows, right? And it said, write the movie, shoot the movie, release the movie. Yeah. And that was it. Like, that's what the client sees. And then they show what the director and the crew and the list of things that they had. It was like 300 things on the list. Mm. Just mm-hmm. in general. And that was just in the technical mm-hmm. department. So when yeah. you respect the craft, mm-hmm. you can't. it gives you another appreciation for it. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend you jump. It's not for the faint of heart. Right. Um, yeah. Because you're going to blow daddy's money. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. If you got that budget, it better not suck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you got that budget, and you better respect the craft. Because it took me so long to make the money to uh, put together my feature film. And, like, it's still, I'm still working on it. And, you know, my parents passed away in the same year. They passed away in 2013, three months apart. And I really had to just, you know, I was taking care of my mom for, I took, I took some time off, but in that time when I was taking care of my mom, I actually produced uh, a screenplay and a short film. That's all I really did, but I took care of her for a good four or five years. I was like, you know, the guy organizing her schedule while she was going through a lot of dialysis and stuff. So that taught me to appreciate filmmaking even more because I was in my late 20s. I was 28 and that lasted until I was 33 and she passed away when I was 33 and then my dad passed away three months later from a heart attack. So I was like, okay, well, you know, what else? <laughs> what else? I mean, at that point, like, what can you do? You know, it's like, so I'm just right. going to get back into filmmaking, you know, I'm going to go full throttle and like, you know, I'm going to try to climb Mount Everest because, you know, I already did. And, and I did on a personal level with my mom and dad. And like, I did climb Mount, Mount Everest. And like, it was just like, well, let me just, you know, because if I pay too much attention to the events that are going on right now in a negative way, then that's just going to like keep me there for years. I'm never going to get out of it. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to liquidate, sell some, sell my house that I grew up in and just invest back into my film and my company and start it all again. Or, you know, not start it all again, but rekindle that, that business part of it after my mom passed, my dad passed and, and just, um, what can you do? You know, what can, what can any normal rational person do at that point, but rebuild, you know? And you have, you already said you have a problem solver's personality. <laughs> yeah, that is the biggest problem to solve. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like that—that's a key. Right. This, that somebody, if you're not that person, you want to have that person around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you're able to refocus and retool different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that too. I believe that you know, if, if you're stuck in a situation, you probably want to have somebody like that around. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like whatever let's just figure this shit out because the world is collapsing but you know we may have a chance right <laughs> yeah we might have a chance here so let's just try things are on fire but we have a water hose <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a small hose hey, you know but it'll exactly. buy us some time exactly this water hose it might take about a week to put out this fire but you know what we gotta put out this fire 
<laughs> hey, and the key is we can't show anybody else what we're doing. <laughs> like right. they have to think it's okay while we're panicking. Right, right. Yeah, no problem. We got it. You know. We, meanwhile, the, the host barely work. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's life. You know. You spend a lot of time working on different teams. Mm-hmm. When you put a team together, mm-hmm. what are you looking for with cohesion? Mm. Well, that's a, good, that's a good question too. Um, well, uh, I would start with my team that I work with a lot right now, and you know, I would say maybe five, three or four, or five players that I work with quite a bit. Um, my producer Cello Ruiz, who's like my co-owner with my company Mosaic in Houston, she owns uh, part of it, two and a half of it. And then my uh, my employer uh, Stephen Farnsworth here in Los Angeles. Those are two people I work with quite a bit. And I didn't put that team together per se. That team kind of came to me in a way. But it's like with those two people, I keep them so close and I keep communicating all the time with them and building with them because they have certain traits. And that is kind of like my core nucleus. And like, so with them, what I would say is attributes they have, they are problem solvers themselves and they are fighters. And they, um, you know, you can throw them a pitch. And they're just really clever, not not just in the um, in a business way, but also in a creative way. So they have a little bit of both, and they're not afraid to be businesslike. They're not afraid to be creative. So my whole thing is like, you know, all of us are three dimensional people, and we're not just all creators all the time, and we're not just all business all the time. So find your, yeah. you know, find the mix that works and make things work. You know. So I think, I mean, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, hey, we got to make time to hit the barbecue grill. We got to make time to hit some breakfast. We go out for drinks, which is why happy hour is a thing. Yeah. And we can use that time as a source of inspiration or creativity as Absolutely. well while we're, while we're not working. Mm-hmm. Colors, a new restaurant, you know, a new song that just came out that you, when you're sharing it with somebody, mm-hmm. they can bounce the idea off of you that's just casual that you don't even have to engage in a fashion where it's like, okay, we need to find some contracts for this. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. those different people getting together. I like my team that have, I like people that I work with competitively. Mm-hmm. I like competitive people that do their best to outwork me. Me too. Or one up because it keeps, you know, steel sharpen steel, iron sharpen iron, or yep. however that goes. Yep. Yep. And you can do that in so many different things, not just work. I think that's something that we we will eventually get back to when it comes to being in person again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, camaraderie. I mean, like internal competitiveness. Um, people people try to shy away from that these days. Like the word, the, the theory of competitiveness. When I went to full show, I would say that my competitiveness really came out, and that I didn't even know that I had. And I was really competitive internally with like my close friends like my friend napoleon day he's from new orleans and he's kind of like from he's from new orleans i'm from houston we just had a connection already and we, we you know we're from the same region and we just talked a lot and um napoleon is just like a really driven person so his story was like this his story was like yo i grew up in morero which is a really hardcore neighborhood in new orleans and he's like you know i just want to get the hell out of it so I came to full stuff. <laughs> I went to full stuff. Yeah, I wanted to do music videos. I saw some cool music videos. I was like, you know what? That sounds better than here. So he went, and I was like, you know what? I've already had experience with lighting, TV, this and that. Come <laughs> with me, roll with me, and let's do some like stuff outside of school. Let's do some lighting projects with this guy that I know that I met or whatever. 
so he got involved like that. But going back, I guess, to the original uh, the original question or the original idea, Napoleon always reminded me of somebody that, I mean, when it, when it comes to team building, it's just he's so driven and so open and so easy to work with and just such a really loyal friend. And and he always challenges me. It's very, he's very competitive. And, and like, and I remember, I, I'm really bad with tests. And like, I, I think I'm slightly dyslexic. So, like, they had a lighting test in film school, and you had to, like, there was no multiple choice. You had to, like, write the answer out for each instrument. So we studied, like, two and a half days, three days for that test, and it was really, really hard for me to pass it because there was, like, 100 uh, different instruments without any descriptions. Anyways, wow. he helped me pass it, and I, I passed it with, like, a 75 or something. But, but I like, you know, I'm good at lighting, but I just don't know every, you know, I'm just bad with, like, tests and, like, knowing every single detail of every name and everything. But Napoleon, you know, he helped me. And, like, so, I mean, it's not that we were just always competing with each other. and just it, we, were, we were helping each other, too. And, I, you know, I respect that a lot. And I think, you know, he's one of my best friends to this day. And, like, it's just that kind of person. You know, you want that kind of person by your side. That's, that's your, like, you know, that's your go-to person. That makes great collaboration as well. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you can, when it's not always all business. Yeah. But... There's a, you know, what do you think about this? And they can give you something that you didn't think about and or if you did think about it. And uh-huh. they were the, the they co-signed on that idea. You're just like, you know what? I thought yep. about that. Yep. And I'm glad you said that. Let's go yep. ahead and pin, put a pin in that one. Yeah, because you respect and, them. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You respect who they are and their opinion. You're like, damn, boy, he's feeling this shit. It must be good. Yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, but going back, you know, we, we opened up the subject of, of having kind of like personal relationships and business together and trying to trying to blend that. That's hard to do sometimes. And I've had experience in, in, in negative ways and positive ways with that. But I'm, I'm getting into my own to where I know how to kind of handle that better, you know. And one of the things that comes up nowadays is like, you know, it's like, man, I have this really great project. I'm talking to someone and she's really awesome. But like, are we doing a project or are we going on a date? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and then it's like, damn, man, where, where am I at? Like, let's do the project first. Or like, you know, you just got to really be very thoughtful about stuff like that. Yeah. And that also keeps your team small. I don't mm-hmm. think it's anything wrong with having a small team. Right. And picking people that you're going to, you know, spend two, three years right. with. Here's my advice for younger people when it comes to team building. Not everybody's going to be on the same page all the time, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to go, if I want to make an action movie and you want to make a love movie, then let's work on a, you know, an action comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, mm-hmm. or a rom-com, exactly. or something in between. And then we can build off of that to then go in our own directions but not have any bad blood or love loss when it comes to us not being able to do things there's nothing wrong with that you know what you're talking about let me tell you that because what you're saying right now it's kind of like it kind of puts it in perspective for me because i've been there with different situations like that where it's like i don't want to have any bad blood but the thing is i think a lot of people they're not as well, you know, things things uh, come my direction, and I've I've seen so much stuff that it kind of just rolls off my back sometimes. But there's a lot of people that haven't seen that much stuff, and they're maybe they're a little younger than you, and maybe it affects them emotionally more when you know it's like this is just not working out. We can't work together on this because. But so then, and then they take it really hard, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. At that point, I'm kind of like the manager or the boss in that position, or whether I'm directing a film and whatever, whatever it may be, whatever position I'm in, and I'm just like. 
man, I just want them to understand that it's it's not that it's not them. It's just the situation and the timing is not right, and the fact that that they might not understand what I'm understanding because I've seen a lot more. So I think that's hard to grasp. I wanted to bring it up because I think it comes with its experience. It does. In time, oh, man, it does. You know, where you can you can attach, you can detach uh-huh. from the mm-hmm. emotional aspect of taking those things personal. Yeah. And yeah. I've gotten better at that as I've gotten older. I yeah. wasn't good at that in my 20s, not right. at all. Right. But later on, I'm thankful that I had those experiences and I can adapt to them differently mm-hmm. now. Man, it's so, hard to be good at that in your twenties, isn't it? It's really hard to be like be, be secure in that in your twenties. That's when you learn. You know, that's when you you hopefully learn from your mistakes and stuff like that, and you can kind of you know get to the point where it doesn't affect you so much. But yeah, man, I think you know it's hard separating business and 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 friendships and and relationships. But there is a there is like a common ground there somewhere, and it, it can work in a good way too. A little bit of advice for somebody seeking success in short films and in, in film work in general, what mm-hmm. type of advice would you give out mm-hmm. as we mm-hmm. get a, get just past 30 minutes on the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that advice is, let's say that you want to be a, a filmmaker. Let's say that you want to make feature films one day and that's what you really want to do. You want to direct, write them, you know, like me when I was 18, I think the best advice, let's say that you're in your early 20s and you have that passion and maybe you just graduated or maybe you're, you're going to go to full cell or maybe that um, whatever your situation is, you know, like that's your passion. Um, I think the best advice is to write. Is write, 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 you know, like write, even if it's like you don't, you're not feeling it or whatever, just keep writing. Get better at it like that. Get better at expressing your thoughts on that page and shaping it like a sculpture. And, you know, just get more, just dive into the writing because writing is the cheapest way to like do something creative. And yet, it, it, you know, it can also be, it can be brilliant. People can see what you're doing and you go, wow, this is good. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm doing that right now. I'm, you know, I'm still writing and, and I'm doing treatments for directors like Timothy Sassenti, who directs Run the Jewels and like Nike commercials and like videos, so I'm, I'm writing treatments for him right now this weekend, you know, and he's a friend of mine, and it's like, my writing is what, Tim is giving me notes now, he's like, make make this more psychedelic, or make this, you know, this way or that way, and like, he likes my writing, so it's like, he's one of the best fashion music video directors in the world, so I'm like, well, I must be doing something right, and that's years of just writing and writing whenever I have time to write, so I think writing is probably the best way, but you know, way to sharpen your sword. You know, I talk to a lot of people on the show and off the show, mm-hmm. but you hear these cliche quote unquote things, mm-hmm. but they're not cliche because they actually work when you apply yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you, when you sit down and you put pen to paper, mm-hmm. no matter what facet you're in, right. You yep. take, I, I've heard this thing. When you take something from a spiritual, non-tangible medium as mm-hmm. thought, and you make it tangible, and you make it real, yeah. you're committed to it at that point. Absolutely. Because you can touch it. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Demo Casanova for bringing that one to me about a year ago. It's like, Man, when, this sure. is how we we commit to things. When you write down your schedule, mm-hmm. you commit to that schedule at that point. It's a personal so, commitment, yeah. Yeah, personal, I mean, 
that's the only thing you can control is your personal actions, your personal yeah. commitment. It's like why why let down yourself? You know, it's like that's your that's your roadmap. You know, you want to stick to your roadmap. So yeah, it, it, it challenges yourself, and it, it always should be about you challenging you. You know, yeah, above should, anything else. Yeah, it shouldn't be about you looking over the fence that the grass is greener and all that. It should be about you waking up like, how can I be better? You know, and what can I do to make myself better? Yeah, absolutely. And different facets. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got some shout outs you want to do? Yeah, yeah, I'll get some shout outs. Definitely. Well, first and foremost, I will shout out my company, Mosaic, and my creative partner, Chella Ruiz, who is an amazing photographer, creator, writer. And hopefully, I'm going to get her to make a, and direct a short film pretty soon. And mosaicmultimedia.net, that's where our portfolio is. Um, and big shout out to my man, Stephen Farnsworth who I work for and he owns Farnsworth Productions and I'm a producer and I am a sales rep over there and I basically develop projects from scratch. Um, and Steven is amazing. He's worked in advertising for years and he's done an animation feature film. And Steven is just like really sharp guy. So I, me, me and him see eye to eye on a lot of things. He's a really smart guy. And, um, and just big shout out to my man, uh, Paperface and my man, uh, Travis, uh, with Creative Cloud Design in, uh, in New York. And th- that's our animation branch. And those guys are like geniuses okay. and they're brilliant. And, uh, and I love working with them and we're, we're putting together a lot of like projects right now. Um, demos also for like people like Mark Echo and the hundreds clothing line. So we're doing some great stuff right now. And those guys are so cool. I mean, young and like hungry, and I just love their attitude. And, I, and I'm really trying to like guide them, you know, like let's do some work, man. Let's make some money. And like those guys are really hungry and creative, and just like fun to work with. And you know, so, so those are those are some people. And you know, just Kim Sassenti, you know, great uh, director for Run the Jewels, and you know, just people like that, just in my circle right now that are just really making a difference in my life. Cool, cool. Oh, one more. Uh, you want to drop your social media? Yeah, I'll drop one more. One more name, Maria. Maria Dakota, who I'm working with right now, and she's awesome. She's amazing, and she's extremely talented, and we're working on some stuff right now. And she's a great comedian, so check out Maria Dakota, and you're gonna, she's going to blow up. She's going to be a big comedian, a big uh, movie star one day. Okay, shout out to all of them. And the comedian there at the end, you, you want anybody in your socials or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can go to uh, my social media, and, you know, look up Franco Galvan LA. I think that's the tag, like, at Franco Galvan LA on Twitter. Always on there. I'm big into the NFT community there. And shout out to the NFT community and all the artists involved. And, you know, so I'm big on Twitter on that. And check out um, Instagram. Franco Galvan film on Instagram and it's always a cool spot to check out some of my photos around California and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, LinkedIn. Just look me up on LinkedIn, Galvan at Barnesworth and just holler at me anytime. Cool, cool, cool. And oh, that yeah, is the show. Chris, you're cool, man. You're straight up cool and just like, I'll do this anytime you want. Man, we got. I might have to get you back for the NFT show. I'm yeah. trying to plan. I want to have like four to five people yeah. having a conversation at once about NFTs because that's a that's a different type of thing. Yeah. I'm into it, and that's a singular conversation because as Absolutely. soon as you say it, you can't really veer from it. Absolutely. So y'all be on the lookout for that. I'm down. I'm down. Thank you. You are a pro, man. This is a great show. I love it. Hey, thanks, man. This is a great casual conversation. That was the whole point for the day. Hanging at the House Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Watt, here with Franco Galvan. Thank you, sir. The man of many talents. Thank you. Full Sail family. Thank you. We're going to catch y'all next time. 
We're going to say peace. Hey, Grease. Love you guys. Straight up. Nothing but love. Nothing but love. Straight up. Peace out, Chris. Thank you, man. All right.